This week's three topics. Noam Chomsky, the author of Manufacturing Consent, talks about today's radical media. How to incorporate influencers into your social media marketing plan. And why do most of us stick with social media sites when we don't trust them? The date is Sunday, August 15th, 2021. Time is 2100 hours and you're listening to episode number 12 of Communicate for Effect. You're listening to the Communicate for Effect podcast, covering the strategies and tactics of digital communication. This is the place for a quick weekly download of news, tips, and information to help you become a more effective digital communicator. Now, here's your host, Mike Nicholson. A good Sunday evening to you all. I'm Mike Nicholson. Um, it's been an interesting week. Uh, continued COVID craziness, you know, politics, rhetoric, misinformation everywhere about COVID and, and Delta. Um, Major League Baseball had a Field of Dreams game uh, between the New York Yankees, Chicago Red Sox. Uh, it, it was a game played on the same field that the the movie Field of Dreams was shot. Um, I didn't get to see it live. I only saw it afterwards, but it, it looked absolutely amazing. Um, and then it looks like Afghanistan is going to fall back into the hands of the Taliban um, rather quickly. Uh, as of right now, the Taliban have already captured the, the presidential palace in Kabul. Uh, evacuations of U.S. Embassy personnel continue. U.S. flag has been lowered, ending pretty much you know 20 years of war there um for us um for for those of us that deployed and spent a lot of time there uh, i i was there three different times it, it's kind of hard to watch um i think all of us have mixed feelings about this um i've got some thoughts but not for today uh for today i'm just going to jump right into the first segment um noam chomsky who is the author uh, well, he, he's an author, political, and cognitive scientist. Um, he's been called the father of modern linguistics. Uh, he wrote the book uh, Manufacturing Consent. He spoke with Victor Picard, who is a professor of media policy and political economy at the University of Pennsylvania's Annenberg School for Communication. Uh, his article is on the nation's website. And the topic of the interview was his thoughts, Noam Chomsky's thoughts on radical media today. And the subtitle of the article is The 92-Year-Old Leftist Sees Meaningful Progress in News Coverage, which was surprising to me. So I wanted to read that one. Um, they, they talk a little bit about his previous book's interests and then got into the information space of today. Uh, he says, quote, you can get information from other sources. The internet allows you to read the foreign press if you're interested. But I think the internet's main effect is to narrow the range of information that most people access by driving them into social media bubbles. The propaganda model is basically the same, end quote. Um, in this, he, he talks uh, you know, about the Florida governor's pushing legislation to study students' opinions in Florida colleges to make them you know, make sure there's more diversity. Uh, you know, he says it, it's, you know, make sure there's enough right-wing ideology in the curriculum. 
he calls this a straight up Stalinist style of thought control. Um, he also talks a little bit about critical race theory debate. And at the end, they discuss what is of interest to me. It's, it's you know, so how do you fix this? Uh, referencing the interviewer's book that he read, Chomsky says, quote, you discussed how the founders of the U.S. Republic believed that the government ought to publicly subsidize the, the, dis the dissemination of diverse news media. In this light, the First Amendment should be understood as providing what's called a positive freedom, not just a negative freedom. It should create opportunities for free and independent media. Subdi subsidizing news media was a primary function of the post office. And, and when talking about the option of increased public funding as opposed to, you know, commercial for-profit news agencies. He said, uh, quote, as for public media, they can to some degree be more free than commercial media. The measure of their freedom largely depends on the level of democracy in the broader society. If, it can, if it's controlled by the state under Stalinist Russia, obviously it's not going to be free. But if it's the UK's BBC, then yes, it can be reasonably free, not totally free by any means, but reasonably so. So I'll put a link to this article in the show notes. Wrote an article on July 27th titled, How to Incorporate Influencers into Your Social Media Marketing Plan. Now, other than uh, requesting a few, you know, influencers to assist with projects and amplification, I've never really jumped into this, so wanted to research it a little bit. Um, I, I covered the basics of, you know, what an influencer is, what you need to look for, what they do. You know, they'll do stuff like sharing posts about the brand, uh, conducting product reviews, speaking on behalf of, uh, you know, an organization, using you know, products to promote the brand. I, you know, write about the benefits and then kind of jump in how to get started. When looking for an appropriate influencer for your organization, you need to do, you know, some research and I'd say don't get uh, your mind focused on only one, you know, that that one influencer you were thinking of may not want to partner with you. So do your research, get an idea of who they are, um, you know, what they post, how they help other brands, and then once you determine a person who you think is an appropriate personality, you know, make your initial contact, provide an overview of what you are looking for and see what their requirements are up front. Um, it could be, you know, most likely money or, or maybe freebies or, or something else. Um, you need to determine if you want a one-time post or a continual agreement, but whatever it is, make sure the terms are specific and both parties clearly understand what is required of them. Um, ideally, you're looking for an influencer that genuine, you know, genuinely loves your organization and or your product, and it's someone you can build a professional relationship with. Um, I, I don't have a legal agreement, now that I'm thinking about it. Um, that might be something useful for me to add onto that post. So like an example of a legal agreement that you might enter in with somebody. So anyway, I'll, I'll make a note of that. Maybe I'll add it. Finally, Brian Deegan asked the question of why users stick with social media despite a serious lack of trust. A recent survey by Investors Business Daily and its polling partner, Technometrica Market Intelligence found that 
Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat, and TikTok were at the bottom of the, you know, of trustworthy sites. Uh, but of course, those are some of the most popular social media sites. So, you know, what gives? Um, at the top of this list of trust was Amazon, then Netflix. Then you got PayPal, Google, Amazon, Microsoft, YouTube, Spotify, Pinterest, and then eBay rounding at the top 10. Um, he cites, you know, the, the data privacy concerns, but then discusses what he calls the privacy paradox. Now, the privacy paradox describes online behavior that reveals discrepancies between users' attitudes and their actual behavior. So users claim to be very concerned about their privacy, but they they do very little to actually protect their privacy. Um, Richard Bird from Ping Identity was interviewed for the article, and he says, quote, everybody wants privacy, yet consumers give it away even though they know that information about them is routinely accumulated and monetized. They might feel like they are getting more value in return, but do, do not understand the scale of risk. The issue of trust also depends on age, political affiliation, income, and other you know, demographic categories. So as an example in this article, the Democrats gave Facebook a score of 60.3 and Republicans gave it a score of 36 on average. And for Twitter, Republicans gave Twitter a 33, but Democrats gave it a score of 60. So anyway, no surprise there that, you know, perception of trust are greatly dependent upon, you know, dependent upon your typical demographics like political party, affiliation, age, etc. So that's a wrap for number 12. Uh, if you have any questions or comments for me, just go to 46alpha.com, shoot me a note. You can subscribe to the last 24 daily news summary or follow my Flipboard magazine if you're looking for more articles on digital comms, marketing, and technology. So I'm Mike Nicholson. Thanks again, and I will see you next week. Thanks for listening to Communicate for Effect, a 46 Alpha podcast. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Google, or wherever you like to receive your podcasts. You can find all this and much more at 46alpha.com.